Now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archie. Archie Fuzz. Okay, everybody, here we go with our new hit record, Sugar, Sugar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the podcast formerly known as Archie Bucks. Today we are talking about a movie. Not just any movie, but a movie entitled The Perfect Date, which is something that is not perfect. And is not ideal for any dates. But is instantly but, dated due to the writer's old man vibe that he puts in through Oh, that. yes. The writer of this is 100 years old and from an alternate dimension. But regardless, <laughs> I am not joined alone on this journey through the imperfect date. I'm joined by first-time guest, Daisy Deadpedals. Hello. Thank you for having me on. No worries. You contribute to the other podcaster I have podcast on here. That was a terrible segue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's only a terrible segue because they couldn't see the weird, like, combination of Madonna's Vogue and Jiu-Jitsu that you were doing (laughs) to try and make the segue work with your hands. You know, I'm kind of just practicing the dance moves that the uh, lead female has in this movie. Oh, it's a lot of arms. Which you think is a joke, which you think is a joke. When I started the movie and they first go on that date, I was like, oh, she's intentionally dancing bad just to, like, make fun of him. But then um, she's not. That's just how (laughs) she dances. That's legitimately how she dances. She dances like Violet, the character from Friday the 13th Part 5, (laughs) who just goes like, but unfortunately, Jason does not show up to uh, take her out. Okay, no, one, do not insult the amazing dance moves of Violet. Those moves were precise. They were on rhythm. <laughs> that song that she's dancing oh. to is also the best song to appear in a Friday the 13th move, definitely. I would say maybe the best song to appear in any slasher movie. I mean, you're wrong because the Alice Cooper song, Yeah, he's back. He's the man behind the man. I love that he's song. out of control. No, I love that song and I love... Uh, Jason lives so much, but you know that song's. You know how many times can you listen to that song? It's pretty cheesy, as opposed to the Violet song, where you can fuck to that song. (laughs) I don't. I don't want to know anymore about this. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie, The Perfect Date. It's actually based upon a YA novel called The Stand In, and I know it's based on a YA novel one because the credits show. But also because there's a YA podcast I listen to called HKHS Pod, Harry Katniss and Hazel and Star, who are uh, also going to be covering it soon. And they have the intellectual stuff for you. So, like, if you want to hear intellectual analysis, go there. If you want to just hear us talk, you know, you're, we're here. We're I presume they've read the uh, source material? Yeah, they, they've read the source material, and uh, it will be a sure good podcast. It hasn't been released well, yet, but I think it will be by the time for the people. This is a podcast for the people. The people who, when none of us are teenagers, are still more age-appropriate <laughs> to write teenage characters than whoever pal- helmed this script. Because 
It bad. It bad. It bad. Does anybody want to do a plot synopsis, or should I do the plot synopsis? Um, r- real quick, I want to say I hope that this the book for this is somehow narrated by the Reese character, her super broy cousin, so that the whole thing is like, dude, let me tell you this story about the douche you parked next to me in a Saturn. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. So who wants to do the synopsis? Am I doing this? Am I doing this? Okay, I'm doing this. There's so much silence. Okay, so this movie starts out... Wait, wait, here. Let me give you my version of the plot synopsis, since I seem to be the one who is most on board with this movie. It is a movie about... Um, a, uh, about to quote the, uh, who I would, the, the only, uh, likable character in this movie, the, uh, the, the female lead, um, about why is high school the time of your life where you're expected to be good at everything? And that's what this movie's about. Uh, no, what this movie's actually about (laughs) is, uh, a Mountain Dew drinking, uh, Elon Musk loving nerd who just wants to be good and be good enough for the world. He wants to go to Yale. He doesn't really want to know what, know why he wants to go to Yale, but he wants to change the world. And how is he going to do this? He's going to take a girl out on a date for money. But he's not a pimp. They say that many times. Not a he's, gigolo. <laughs> not a gigolo. Not a whatever. He's just, it's fine. He's just going to take her on a date for money. They're going to go to the formal. So they go to the formal. They have this, like, back and forth, back and forth. Wow, it's kind of cute. They hate each other. I wonder how this will end up in the end. <laughs> he's crushing another guy, and their relationship is fake. Well, what's going to happen? Oh, no. Why, Ailer? Why, Um. So eventually he gets this bright idea to start an app. So he starts this app with his friend, who is uh, the actual best character in this show movie, but the movie does not do anything with him. His yeah. name is Murph. He just works at a place called Sub Sub, which is the worst name for a sub place ever. And well, Subway exists. Well, I think as I uh, was sort of trying to work out uh, <laughs> my psychosis off air, my theory about that is that Murph works at Sub Sub because this movie doesn't know what to do with the fact that he's gay. So when they have that whole weird trying to give him some sort of agency by having him flirting with the uh, apparently only other gay person in their entire town who comes into the sub store. So they were like, okay, we got to show that like he's, you know, a gay guy, but he doesn't have enough agency to, you know, ask this other gay guy out, even though he knows he's interested. So like, even though he wants to be the sub in the relationship, he's got to become the dom in this interaction. So that's why he's a sub at sub, sub. No, it's just because somebody didn't want to uh, do any character development for his character. I don't think he wants to be submissive at all. I think he's just chill. Like, I think he just wants to be chill, probably drink Mountain Dew. I think everyone in this in this movie probably drinks Mountain Dew. Uh, anyway, so I, I, as he goes on a date, I, I would I would you know Perrier probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it's because they were too lazy to literally think of another word for the sandwich shop name. <laughs> I bet you so, that is the exact case. Hey, they did I not mean, like which which. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, but if you spell witch differently, right? Like, right, so if it right, was like right. witch, witch, then you got something. But like, as is. Oh now, no, Andrew, so you're so in so. Canada. That's a real shop here in the U.S. Yeah. Wait, witch, what? Witch. Yes. Yeah, I'm going there after we finish recording to get lunch. I love witch, witch. <laughs> is it? Is it? Wait, is it? Is it like witch sandwich? Yeah. 
How's okay, it spelled? See, I forget. It's different. It's witch with an H and then witch, W-I-C-H. Ooh, okay. Wow, that's exactly what my joke was. That's, uh, <laughs> that's troubling. That's troubling. No, don't that's worry. Some... It's W-I-T-C-H, and it's a, it's a Wiccan run sandwich shop. <laughs> okay, well. I was franchising that were the case. That's just no <laughs> franchising. Uh, yeah, so he starts going out on these dates, and he has a little app that shows him he's getting closer to Yale with every fake date he goes on. No, no, wait. He goes to don't, brush, don't brush over this. He makes his friend develop for free the world's most complicated app because <laughs> he says it'll be good for his friend's college uh, fucking essays and good for his, you know, to show his activities. Yes, developing Exposure. a pimp app <laughs> will be good for his friends. And then in the end, he's like, oh, did that help you get into college? And he was like, no, they hated that when I talked about it in my college uh, interview. And it's like, no shit, they did. He's like, hey, I helped this guy get on dates for money. <laughs> It's like, yeah, exactly. is there an app where, like, exchanges are happening, monetary exchanges are happening, but there's also a progress tracking app secondary that Murph created for his friend just very generously. Like, this kid is just working for nothing. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty sad. He works at SubSub. He makes apps for friends who don't appreciate him. <laughs> Murph really is the MVP of this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk about some of the things he does on his apps. I wrote them all down. All of them. <laughs> Okay, so he does art shows. He goes to art shows and reads off uh, things, which, like, if I want to go to an art show, the last thing I want to do is go with a human. I don't want to know humans there. I want to look at art. I don't want to talk to another human well, about art. But anyways. And if you did want – so this this app, you are not with the – you are not go buying a human on this app thinking that they are an art expert. You are bringing them as arm candy slash to sort of have someone to – banter off of but it's not like he doesn't ask her like oh explain this painting to me as you should if you're supposed to be the like quote-unquote perfect date he's fucking mansplaining the most basic tenets of like did you know jackson pollock invented the style of fucking okay don't we're gonna get the mansplaining give me a second (laughs) and it made me Um, so mad i like i know dick all about art and i was like i knew every single reference you just made you asshat like (laughs) Well, okay. he, he's like a professional plus one. He's the art gallery plus one. He's the rodeo plus okay, one. Okay, like, okay. all I needed That's, for that scene to be good was for her to say... I'm so sorry. Let me get through this list. But wait, time out. All I needed for that scene to be good, since you. that was her first, his first, like, trial on the, the date montage, was for her to just be like, yeah, no shit. Like, I know that. And for him to, fat, like, need to change his approach. <laughs> it's fine. He's also really good at tennis. Uh, he mansplains dating to a woman because they go on a date and he goes, no, you just got to talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> and then she's like, oh my gosh, I understand dating now. Thank you so much, man. Which, I spent first of money all, like, for. like the little, like shout out to having been like the chubby girl in high school, but like the chubby girl in high school having to get like dating mansplained to her. And she's like, I just don't know what to talk about. And then like, and then, yeah. no, exactly. Got, I was about to say the, in, still incredibly gorgeous i mean she's an actress um but clearly the only person with any body fat on them in this entire movie is the one that they have be the most socially awkward person and i was just like fuck you movie okay yeah i think yeah that was fucked up chubby girl needs practice fuck off that's what i wrote of course exactly and of course the guy (laughs) they have her with at the end is a a traditionally socially awkward working looking you know glasses greasy hair heavy set guy um when wait 
Oh, I understand now. I understand the sequence that I wasn't looking at. Yeah. And then I looked up, and that's why Camilla Mendes broke up with him. Okay, I understand this now. Um, anyway, so he also um, – they uh, do, he goes to a costume contest. There's a rodeo. There's an 80s party. There's salsa. At one point, he describes sitting on a couch and just having to agree with a woman the whole time and not being allowed to say anything else. Which must have been the hardest for this guy because this guy, you <laughs> look at him, he just wants a mansplain everything. <laughs> you go, oh man, oh you're vanilla, oh you're insulting me, mansplain, mansplain, mansplain. Um, and then uh, there's another party where he goes dressed as a douche. He's supposed to be like douchey to this rich family. So he goes, I'm gonna drop a deuce in the toilet, yo. I'm going to do all these things. And no. he's got like the hat backwards yeah. and he's acting as a douche. Which least... must have been the easiest one. For him. <laughs> exactly. That was just seems to be his general way of living life. And his um, personal wardrobe budget must just be astronomical. <laughs> How much is he charging for these dates? If it's getting him cold, this close to Yale, yeah. which a year of Yale must cost, I don't know, like – Five children? Like, I yeah. don't know uh, how the American schooling system works. I just yeah. assume you, was, uh, like, have to sacrifice babies or something scary. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah. So, um, I think that's all. Like, I think that's literally all that we see him do. Um, He's also but, a major dick to his dad. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not about well, that, but we'll so, get to that. So, I don't think his dad owns a bed. I think they actually just live in a one-bedroom place. Because his dad does not ever leave the living room slash kitchenette, which is attached. <laughs> because every time he walks in the door, his dad is on the couch. He goes to school in the morning. His dad is sleeping on the couch. He gets home late. His dad is sleeping on the couch. But his dad used to be a great writer. And he doesn't believe in himself until the son mansplains <laughs> writing to his father. <laughs> and then his father goes, oh my gosh, my shitty, stupid child who doesn't do anything for me or appreciates me has helped me understand writing. Wow. Wow. Well, and it's like, dad is clearly deeply depressed because his oh, wife left him and he yeah. lost deeply, his job. And his son's like, depressed. my dad's such a fucking loser. Can we say fuck on here? But, oh, yes, you can. And, Don't worry. And his dad, like, I, I know that it's Matt Walsh in my brain, but I kept thinking of him as, like, fake Louis C.K. somehow birthed this, like, very handsome, ethnically ambiguous son. Like, yeah. it just did not make any genetic well, sense to me the entire time. Yes, movie. no, that was one of my notes was, how Italian must the mom have been <laughs> for this pale honky to have come up with this son? It's just the literal embodiment of Italy. It's the country <laughs> itself. The country itself left america yeah. oh god there's so many things to talk about in this oh let's talk about how this show how this veronica shows up uh aka camilla mendez it was the only reason we're covering this movie because camilla mendez plays veronica on riverdale hence you get this episode and plays I'm veronica sorry. in this movie <laughs> She plays Veronica in this movie because she's just a rich person who has life figured out and only dates other rich boys um, and has a house and a party that involves a valet. There's a few – there's some poorly timed Bruce Wayne jokes. Yeah. Um, Her dad is home for the party. Her dad, her dad is home for the party, and he looks like he's creeping on some teenagers, and yes. I thought that was going to be a thing. Like, I feel like if I read this book, there would be a lot of creeping on teenagers, mostly <laughs> because the guy who wrote this is like 7,000 years old. Yeah. Um, 
at well, one her point, character is her character's name is Shelby, and it reminded me only in this one instance of Mona Lisa Saperstein from Parks and Rec when she's like, "I don't f with porzies." Like that's what I think. Of, <laughs> I think of. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. That sounds about right. It's like a non-ironic version of that character. No, it's it's weird because yeah. they set her up to be, you know, oh, she's not actually what he wants, but when she says to him, "I'm." Yes, I am a better person than you, but not because I have more money, because I'm not a liar. So all we really know about her is she sees her dad making her friends uncomfortable and goes and immediately talks to him. She has her shit together, and she points out to him how stupid it is that his whole life all he's wanted to do is get into Yale without a goal after that. She, like... Her, her goal, you know, she talks about interning at her dad's uh, law, uh, hedge fund, but, like, she doesn't talk about wanting to do that because of her dad. Like, she, she very, like, we don't really see anything shitty about her character. Her character yeah. just isn't a good match for this guy because this guy sucks. She's just a little boring. Like, she's not bad. And she, she has principles. Like, at the end, she was like, well, I'm not going to be with you because you're a liar. So I was like... You know, I don't dislike her. She's, you know, the worst, the most egregious thing that she said in the whole movie was, wow, your ex is a bad dancer. Like, you know, who hasn't taken a a cheap shot at an ex, though? Yeah. And to be fair, they do have her dance cartoonishly bad in this movie. (laughs) It is weird. Um, as, as you, uh, as you pointed out, uh, Andrew, I forget if that was, uh, on air or off, but yeah, it seems like they're setting up that she's just dancing ironically because she doesn't want to be at the dance like that. And then it just keeps going. And I'm just like, man, she sure dances ironically that way at every party. Oh, this is going to become a thing. That scene also made me feel a little old because he was like, oh, it's like a combination of Elaine Bennis and Chandler Bing as if that was like some... I don't know, it just felt like, you know, back in the day. Well, I don't know I, if you guys got that vibe either. Well, okay, there was also a reference to, at one point, in a breakup scene, the man goes, just like John Costanza, uh, not George Costanza, I said John oh, Costanza. Yeah. yeah, he does he say George Costanza. Yeah. He references George Costanza joke from Seinfeld. Yeah. I'm sorry, but... If you're going to make a big deal about kids not knowing what records are and then pretend like kids know Seinfeld jokes, yeah. I know people who were alive in the 90s who don't know Seinfeld jokes. Yeah. yeah. No, everyone at that party was like, who the fuck is George Costanza and why does he equate coffee and sex? What's going yeah, on here? Yeah. I'm so confused. No, the, the Seinfeld jokes were definitely from, you said the uh, the writer of this had uh, writing credits dating back to like the 80s, right? For Yes, the, the writer of the book, not the writer of the screenplay, the writer of the screenplay has only written one thing, and that was the an episode of the TV show Billions. <laughs> the screenwriter, sorry, the actual writer of the book has Who been also, writing also did the got the, sto- the he got the story by credit, which means he wrote like yeah. a ten page treatment or something. Yeah, yeah he wrote like a page treatment or something. But um, he wrote YA dating back to the nineteen eighty five with the Sure Thing, which is actually a good movie. It's like a good John Cusack eighties rom com. But like, I'm pretty sure he. I, what is his age? Yeah. Like, how old so is this man? He, did he write the adaptation, or did, is he not as experienced with screenplays? Well, no, he wrote all the screenplays. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So he's been writing YA movies as well as um, yeah, literature. Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. As, as so it's well weird that he's that bad at it. Um, I don't know <laughs> what happened, but yeah, he bad. He bad. Um, but th- that's the thing is, so this this character's shitty, but I really like this actor. So I did still like this I, movie I, as I dumb as it I was. 
I honestly didn't feel any connection to the actor. Um, one, because like, again, I mentioned the Elon Musk stuff. Like yeah. it's the idea that like they romantic that he romanticizes Elon Musk, AKA the most insufferable. Okay. Look, the, the internet is full of insufferable men right now. So he's like in the top 10 of insufferable men who I never want to hear mentioned yeah. again. Yeah. And like, I wish that the female lead like went to his house and was like, "You fucking read this moron," and just like burn it or something, yeah, and yeah. Then go like, "Oh yes, I have grown past this." Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to friend of the show, uh, Valeska, about this uh, episode, this uh, movie, because I needed to rant to somebody as it was happening, <laughs> and she said all of the characters sound like that they are just uh like apps like it's like this movie is like if twitter and reddit had a relationship because uh reddit is all of uh mountain dew and elon musk oh so that's uh, why he doesn't know what reddit is like the way the characters from star wars wouldn't know what star wars is exactly exactly and then i equated murph uh i created murph as the remnants of tumblr after they removed porn because uh, he has no character but like you know at one point he, he was thriving and had a good role probably in the book uh, there's that guy there's his relationship i just equated to skip the dishes because he just shows up for food and that's all we know about his character uh, they somehow get together but i guess the sadness of tumblr just draws in skip the dishes those vultures uh all parents are Facebook, we decided. Uh, that makes sense because Facebook hella lame. Um, they, the vapid guy who uh, is a street artist but also really likes vinyls and he likes coffee and he does graffiti, that dude is Instagram. Uh, we decided uh, Thor actually came up with the idea that Camilla Mendez is actually LinkedIn because she's got all her shit together and knows what's going on. But a little uh, boring, as uh, Daisy pointed out, because no one no one goes on LinkedIn to have fun. <laughs> just a little dry, you know. A little dry, just a little dry. Doesn't got much, you know. She's trying to get a job, so she doesn't put too much into her character. You don't really know that much about her. <laughs> She has principles, though, you know. She does, she does. She's got the principles. Uh, Speaking of the principle, the guidance counselor, we only see once in this movie. They make a big deal of the guidance counselor, but she only shows up to trash his, like, acceptance letter. And then we never see her again. And I'm like, wait. I'm like, wait, you, I thought they was going to, like, set up, like, a parent relationship with student, like a parent, or no, sorry, not parent, but, like, a teacher student relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. and plus she's a strong female role model like you could be like oh this woman is replacing my mother because i lost yeah. my mother and i'm really sad about that right like that's like ya stuff that you would think that the show would dig into movie i keep saying show <laughs> i keep saying show well, I'm what's sorry. what's interesting what i what I, I did notice is that um this did have that you know they put the little rating in the corner of netflix shows now that's a new thing in the last couple of months and this had a, a tv 14 instead of a pg 13 so i guess netflix only pays to get their movies rated by the mpaa if they're getting theatrical releases so this well so, so 14a te- is canadian no 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 a tv 14 is the u.s oh. rating system for tv shows so um, so oh, that's okay. what's interesting now is I guess Netflix does sort of have the stuff that they're going to bother to pay for the, the two-week theatrical run that, that, to qualify for the Oscars, and then stuff like this. So this was technically a Netflix TV movie, not surprisingly, <laughs> as opposed to a Netflix theatrical movie. That makes a lot of sense. 
that makes a lot of sense. That was a deep you know? dive. That is a deep dive. Good job. Good job. Um, now, speaking of mansplaining, me, me and Andrew have done a very good job of talking a lot this episode. So I want to jump <laughs> over to Daisy Dead Pedals and, uh, like, ha- have you seen the, the the movie that this actor is in that I think gave me a lot of endearment points to him and made me like this a lot more is All the Boys I've Loved Before? Yeah, I have seen that. And I, I, I didn't have, like, disdain for him in this movie or for this movie as a whole. I actually did kind of enjoy the ride. I don't know. I, I also had Sam watch this with me who literally laughed out loud at a couple points. So, you know, there, there's <laughs> no, that. That's good. That's good. I will... I will quiet down my cynicism and let you two talk about what you enjoyed about this because <laughs> I enjoyed the end credits. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's well, a hot mess. Say, there there are some like more dark some like dark points that we haven't hit on yet, like the fact that his mom is a monster who like left them and started a new family and sends him a Christmas card every year to like rub it in. Yeah, with a photo of her perfect new family. Yeah, like I feel like that point was touched on a couple times, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. She left the dad. The dad's an oppressive mess. And yeah. You wouldn't expect in another movie, again, for that to be a thing, right? Like to actually delve into like, what's it like to be left by your mom? <laughs> or like to actually talk <laughs> about it. That's a very like, like, you know, YA thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like a very YA trope. Yeah, exactly. And they don't even. Well, and I think that's the thing, is this movie, when you get down to it, isn't really have many young adult tropes. It has a lot of sort of 80s and 90s cliched rom-com tropes. That's true, that's true. And I I think think that fits with the uh, 17,000-year age of the, uh, the writers. Yeah, so I think that was what I liked about it, was I like sort of the same way I like watching for an action movie, being able to put my brain on autopilot and being like, here's the century input. And I sort of know the, or watching an episode of NCIS. And I'm like, every one of these has the exact same structure. They catch the guy at the same time and then they interrogate him, but they don't have enough evidence. They have to let him loose. Like this had the, the classic rom-com structure. And you, you even know like, you know, Oh, tension, shitty moment, but then like joke in the right place. And then like, you know, so I, I, this, this fulfilled the very like, you know, carbon copy rubric of a rom-com. Was it always good at that? No. But there were parts that, um, as you point out, um, Andrew, about the, uh, the, the character, like the characters in search of a screenplay, I think I was liking enough of the performances that I was just kind of like inserting my own like subtext. Um, and uh, speaking of that, there definitely is a lot of times where people just say like exposition aloud for like 10 sentences. And... <laughs> Uh, yeah, like like the line that you – I think you started the episode with about like, why do you have to be perfect in everything? Why is high school the one time you're supposed yeah. to be perfect in everything? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, welcome to teenage angstville yeah. population, whoever's watching this. Like that's what – it just bam, – bam. Yeah. Okay, the, the dad, the, her dad at the beginning that goes, I- I'm kidding. I like to joke about things, basically almost just saying, I like to joke about things to relieve tense situations. And then the next thing he says is, welcome to our humble abode. Notice the all-original flooring. <laughs> he literally yes. says that. Hello, fellow human. Yeah. I am here to be dad in rom-com. <laughs> I have no real role or personality. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, what, I think okay. my favorite rom-com trope that they did, though, is they made really good use of a montage. Like, I love yeah. a montage in a rom-com. And, like, okay. the him, like, changing sort of, like, a la Sharon Clueless for his outfits. Like, I'm here for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, 
I will give you that. The the uh, rom com sequence where they just kept like changing clothes was pretty great. How did you think about the writing of the female lead? Because like it felt like it was a bit of uh, let's just say manic pixie dream girl lead. Yeah. Oh look. Manic pixie dream girl right at the top, yeah. Uh, it, it, it felt a little like that, and I, I don't know. It's the fact that she's wearing combat boots, like it's like, oh god, this is what we're doing with her character, yeah. like, like that's her personality, like it's, it's her or like the well-defined preppy Shelby. I, I just was like, uh, you know, I did think that they gave her a little bit of nuance and that she had a crush on like fake shitty Banksy guy and yeah. then like came yeah. around. Like, that, that was, uh, I appreciated that arc for her, but in general it was a little, you know, a little yeah, you know. I, I didn't get why she had to, I, I think it would have been enough to just have her be not into high heels. You don't have to go so obvious and have it be, fucking combat boots, like you said, because she doesn't, which I actually liked about it, is at first I was like, it's weird that she doesn't dress grunge or counterculture. She just wears, like, regular sweaters and shit, you know? But then I was like, okay, maybe they're, I gave them too much credit, and was like, maybe they're going for just, look, most teenagers just dress like teenagers. If they don't have a sense of fashion, they're just like, whatever, I'll just wear the clothes my mom bought me and not, like, stylize them, you know? But then... like, the parents make a huge deal about it. Like, when she's getting ready for the first formal, where he picks her up on their first, you know pseudo date thing from the app yeah or you know reese's cousin or whatever yeah, she's yeah. they're like oh it's the shoes and the dad's like the shoes and they're like yeah the shoes yeah, and then they're talking yeah. about the combat boots and it's like eh. yeah no <laughs> exactly like a little see, goofy. see um what i think is kind of ironic is that this entire movie is about how the male lead does not have any identity past like wanting to change but did the screenwriter not look at that and go, oh, I've not given the female lead any personality. Like Twitter – well, Twitter only has personality, right? Like Twitter does – I'm just going to call it Twitter. That's what I'm calling her now. Yeah, that's fine. She's calling her Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is – she doesn't like, like – what are her hobbies? What does she do? What does she really like? All these things that the, the screenwriter puts to the male character to show how shallow he is and like that we don't know anything about him and that he doesn't know himself, we don't then go – get shown that in her character to, to like make it a dichotomy and like to like make it like a compare and contrast kind of thing right because yeah. like they say a lot of things but they don't do anything like if he had been if she had been like yeah man i fucking love oprah i watch <laughs> oprah all the time i got oprah yeah. on my walls well, they, or like they give her something more that she's really into like more nuanced art and more nuanced sort of political protest art by her disdain for the fake Banksy guy. They just imply that with her one line about like, do you ever meet someone that made you hate all art, which implies she had an interest in that, but they never show that. How easy would it have been to have her just been at a draft table when she calls him to apologize? Like there's so many easy ways to have shown her have some external fucking life, but you're right. They never give her a, a life outside of him. Her whole characterization is that she wears combat boots, <laughs> that she puts up walls to protect herself from vulnerability, I guess. Which she and literally she... says, can we just talk about that moment where she literally goes, my parents say I'm vulnerable to put up walls. So I don't <laughs> let 
No, a true self. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that out loud. Wouldn't yeah, it be yeah. ridiculous if a person heard that and he's like, "I'm a person." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, which is oh, a nuanced take for like a seventeen-year-old to take. Yeah. Well, no, Again, then, they, she doesn't sound like a seventeen-year-old. No. Like well, she also talks like a Gilmore girl. It's just like yeah. you know, like that's yeah, that's yeah. her whole characterization. Well, and then uh, Velasca, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's not. She's yeah. not here. Give her, give her a call. Jason <laughs> Ted pedals. Um, that was uh, uh, the big thing. Like I like I said, I do. I liked the like you know dumb soapy parts of this movie, but the big thing. I like like we talked about the problem with trying to you know have this female character without any female input on the creative side of this movie <laughs> was they we get to the end and they had her call and give him her like you know cute half apology which I kind of like because it was sort of her being as a cheeky way to talk to him again but then we get to the end and when she's at his door he doesn't apologize for the shitty things he said to her in public where he repeated back yes. her her like very vulnerable fucking okay. yeah because he doesn't realize that he fucked up he doesn't know. As shown when he's sending the text message, like, hey, that was pretty convincing, right? Hey, everything, <laughs> like, anything you wrong? Are you okay? Everything good? And then she's all like, not good. And he's all like, why? Me no understand. And he never apologizes. He never has that, like, that self-realization. Like, even at the end, when you think they're about to, like, dance together, she's like, I'm not your backup plan, dude. And he's all like, what? Yeah. Oh. I must get rid of all my possessions. Or you can just stop being a shitty dude. Like, you, that is part of it, but you need to change your personality. You need to be like, oh, wow, I guess I went too real in that acting performance. Maybe I should go to uh, art school? What's an art school? I was, I was trying to think of, like, a very famous uh, acting college, but... Juilliard? Juilliard. There you go. Juilliard. I am culture, okay? I am a studio with James Lipton. <laughs> Um, well, so the other thing I just, is, like, I didn't like that either. Like he he never does apologize, and he doesn't get it. Like at the dance, he's like, "How'd your date go?" And she's like, "Hey, moron! Like you humiliated me in front of everyone I know and exposed like my deepest vulnerabilities." And he's like, "Too real? And, and, and it's not good." Yeah. So um, bad. He's and then, so bad. Another he's example, such an Elon Musk. Yeah. Another oh, example of them not giving her uh, life outside of him is when they get to he's like, you're not going to Ivy League? And she's like, I'm going to Michigan. And they never say, like, because this is what I'm interested in, and Michigan has right. a good program in this. It's just like, I'm going to a school that's a state school, but it's out of state, so it will still yeah. cost almost as much as Ivy League. I just looked it up. Um, uh, Yale is $53,000 a year. I'm not sure if that includes the reward. Um, so, but yeah, so how, many, uh, wh- how much is he charging talking, for these dates? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how much he's charging for the dates. I gotta say, though, as little as they give the movie, she does give the the, uh, performance a lot of uh, heart. Uh, Laura Marano, Marano, I may be mispronouncing that name. Uh, At least it's not Pajiba. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Michigan's Uh, tuition is $43,000, so it's only $10,000 a year worth of savings, so it's not that. So she needed to give... An, she needed to have an interest for why she's coming there. Well, and yeah, it was exactly. funny that you bring and, that up because at the end, Sam was like, "Oh, and they're going to go to UConn together," and I was like, "No, babe, they're they're not going to go to UConn together." She said she's going to Michigan. Like, even like you know, the the person I was watching it with totally forgot that she had any other interest outside of this dude's life. Yeah. Um. But sorry. So, uh, yeah, Laura. Uh, uh, Laura Morano. Uh, Lisa Morano. Uh, Nissan Morano. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Alyssa Milano. 
Um, yes, Alyssa Milano is in this. The only Yukon <laughs> University or Yukon College I can find is oh, all Canadian. Oh, it's University of Connecticut? It's U-C-C-O-N-N, uh, but they they call what? it Yukon. Yeah, like, and pronounce University it like, of Connecticut. Yeah, and Yukon. pronounce it like the Klondike. And their mascot, which I think is a pun, is the Husky, like the Yukon dog that runs the Iditarod. <laughs> <laughs> Your country is broken. Uh, anyways. Do a, I would love to do a whole podcast where we we talk about U.S. university culture with you because it is just horrifying. It's it's horrifying because like I didn't I didn't I never had to write a letter to get in. Like I never had to do that. Do you didn't guys have, have to take the SATs. Oh no, we don't have fraternities. Although apparently there might be some Not around less. here, but like fraternities and like oh sororities those things are scary man only so things that happen that? there are what? murder and humiliation i was, I was say, invited wait, to join a secret society at my oh university my so we can delve into that sometime so where i have a question where do the uh where do the date rapists hang out on weekends at your colleges if you don't have fraternities uh, oh, they're <laughs> everywhere they're everywhere always <laughs> at least we have a corralled in mostly the same uh, yeah, at least we have a corralled somewhere but oof. Uh, they're just like free range they're horrible um. <laughs> yeah, uh, not good. Not good. Sorry, but, yeah. Hurt. So it seems uh seems incredibly expensive to go to school, and I can't believe that UConn is a pun. I think that is maybe the film's biggest offense, and that's just about real life. That's a real <laughs> life thing you just taught me. Well, and I think that's the one part of this movie that is relatable and relevant is the cost of college like that like they kept talking about the cost of going to college and that was like the one thing that i felt like would be universal fairly universally relatable to people watching this movie if they're from the u.s yeah well yeah and and i'm just curious about like again we talk about like the economy of these dates right like because we talk about (laughs) we're trying to figure out how much money he earned if it's anything at all comparable to how much he made in that first date, where it's just like the dad just like has a wad of bills, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at that wad of bills and I was like, oh, I could pay rent so many times. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Look at all those bills. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. I got nervous when I spent fifty dollars last weekend. Look at all those bills. Because <laughs> they agree on they agree on five hundred dollars, and the dad's like, ah, just take my entire wad of money. And he takes the what must be gold or silver because of that dad money clip he doesn't give the money clip back to the dad i, I noticed in that, that scene oh god so he takes the clip too well celia aka twitter played by laura morano she does mention that you know oh so you're getting paid to take rich girls out on dates so it seems like the clientele is supposed to be these like okay. greenwich rich girls oh, okay i i did miss out on the one date that was actually the most important to the story is when he just takes a walk with that old lady and that old lady tells him what love is and he learns uh, she didn't look like she was rich. Like she was just talking about her how da- her, husband... her granddaughter set it up because her granddaughter got on the oh. app. So maybe okay, they were okay. on an estate though. That looked like, and unless it was a retirement home, but that place looked like estate, like on that garden. That's true. That's true. It looked. It did kind of look like an estate. Where does this movie take place? Connecticut. Connecticut. They oh, this was... place. Is this what Connecticut actually looks like? No, it was filmed in New Orleans. I saw on um, <laughs> Wikipedia, like, I couldn't think of two more disparate landscapes unless you had said, like, Alaska versus Arizona. Like, Wait. I, I have no idea, because it's Greenwich, Connecticut, and then whatever, you know, Greenwich, like, notoriously wealthy, and then versus whatever, like, uh, other side of town, Murph and uh, yeah. Brooks live on. 
So That's I love that hilarious. the the generic city they never name in five feet apart was also outside of New Orleans was where it was actually filmed. Um, so I guess they have like tax write offs right now. For yes, YA. yes, they, they like, do. Hey, if you're filming YA here, man, <laughs> only for taxes. YA, and those are both. Uh, so bad. Uh, Fucking Riverdale, which I almost just called Hunger Games. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Riverdale films in Vancouver. So I'm not sure if the cast just wanted to be in the, like, warmest possible place to film their stuff that wasn't uh, Riverdale. But if they're they're filming movies, normally you take that break. uh, Shows stop filming from, like, May to, like, July. Like, typically they start filming again after... uh, uh, the 4th of July. So that seems like the worst time to be in New Orleans. <laughs> I know. Well, this well, says March but... 2018 is when principal photography Oh, okay. So that yeah, I was about fine. to say, like, yeah. Riverdale must have, like, a weird shooting schedule then. Because, like, again, uh, didn't Five Feet Apart take place during the winter? Like, they literally oh. broke through ice. And yeah, yeah. But no, almost... that, was all, that was all the worst set I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, that's right. It, it was never, faker. Yeah, faker. It, never, it never snows in New Orleans. It uh, Other than cocaine. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm learning so much about your diseased country. Um. <laughs> but uh, for for Caitlin, um, so if you were, I think we should go around and ask all of us this. So we'll have this we'll have this be a question we can answer later on. If you if you if you were going to design the perfect date with this douchebag, what would you make him dress up as? And I guess you can define his personality too. So that's exciting. So we'll we'll get back to that. But uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm, let's see. Think about it. Yeah. Um, I want to go on a date with him to the movies but have him order me the best seats and him the worst seat um, <laughs> never see each other and he has to come dressed as a furry I don't know <laughs> just to be fun and accepting like he doesn't have to do anything freaky or weird just be like nah man he's just sitting there watching a movie look at this we just implemented acceptance and he's not sitting near me because I don't want to talk to this guy he sucks well, you know what's funny is, like, I wonder if this app was set up with parameters that are, like, super heteronormative, because he doesn't once go on a date with anyone that's not a cis woman. That's true. Yeah, that's you know what? True. That's very that's very true. That is very true. Uh, he must just be like, straight only. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, if Merv designed it, Right? I know Murph would have. I, I would hope that Murph would have. Although, like, I would have been would have been hilarious if there was just scene being like Murph's like, yeah, this fucking idiot. I'm just fucking <laughs> bullshit, so I can go have my fun life. Yeah, here's your like cookie cutter fucking straight parade. Go get out of here, asshole. So, as hard as we're being on this movie, the one thing I uh, there's two two things I want to bring up. One of them's a little more serious. So I'll wait for that later. Uh, but what, the other, the one thing I want to bring up that was fun was. I love how much fun he makes fun of rich people being just having a hard-on for horses. Um, like, he says, like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take you to your horse auction or whatever, and then when they're literally raising money for the stables, and he's like, how much money do you guys need? It's just a roof for horses. Yeah, that is pretty solid. I like that. That's, that's like, one good running joke throughout the movie. Yeah, I, I was yeah. a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the writer's not, like... But we never see horses. Because horses That's what all the money. formals are for. <laughs> I know that's what all the formals are for, but we don't see the horses. You're saying we should Chekhov's have a horse. Horse failed to go off in the third act. Yeah, exactly. A horse should have been like, "Nay, I am against <laughs> the rich. Eat the rich." And it's just like a horse, just like gnawing on a rich person. Look, they didn't girl. have it in the budget. Netflix was like, "No, we're already filming with this stupid car. We can't." Have a horse. <laughs> yeah, 
I love when the guy goes, yeah, I just hustle and got a fucking $120,000 BMW. And he believes yeah. him. He falls for completely. He's like, oh, wow, he must have been doing the hustle. Also, the hustle is so vague. Uh, the only thing he could have been doing was dealing drugs. <laughs> like, that part that's was sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> or yeah, just, just like like the little love, kids' parents. I yeah. loved how they they tried to like solve it, like where they just be like, "Oh, dude, you know it's hard to go through a divorce sometimes. If you ever need anyone to talk to, come talk to me. I don't want your car." And guys like, "What? I don't understand what's happening. I was written very poorly with no emotion. <laughs> Who gave me emotion? Well, it's like they wrote them poorly, but then they gave them these really heavy emotional backstories. Like, oh, well, uh, Brooks was abandoned by his mother. Reese, the shitty cousin, uh, was, you know, his parents are cheating on each other and they're, like, buying him cars to make him placate him or whatever. But I do have one question about the car. Why did it look like an Uber? Why were there waters and, like, towelettes in the in the glove compartment? Maybe he is an Uber driver and like that's what he was claiming the hustle was about, maybe. No, no, I think you, he literally you ha- did that. I think that the the dumb joke, and it's such a bad like it's such a poorly executed joke, was supposed to be that he was being so conscientious that he set that up in case his date got thirsty or hungry for mints. Ah, uh, okay, so... Though, I have to say, giving mints to someone when you're an Uber driver is polite. Giving date, giving mints to someone that you're being paid to date implies you want to make out with them. So, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I will say, so, like, we don't can talk... Don't do anything about- in this movie. But anyway, continue. <laughs> I no, didn't no, no. dislike do, uh, this movie. Like, overall, do- I did like a lot of it. But I will say there's one thing that I really, really, really made me dislike Brooks was when he's um he looked up the interviewer at Yale's personal interests and was like, well, I know you might think it's stupid, but I like bees, too. And, I, like, that was really shitty. That was when I was like, oh, fuck this kid. Oh, wait, man. Wait, wait. And then the- No, time out, time out. I'm going to defend that. I'm going to defend that. Um, So... I was, Why? when I was in grad school, I remember having this uh, guest speaker who was there because it was, um, it was uh, TV grad school and he did, uh, was in cable boxes was his business, but his kid was a senior in college. So he got off on a ta- high school, senior high school. So he got off on a tangent about since he's rich, he was like meeting with one of the admissions people at Princeton himself to try and, you know, like, you know, uh, fucking uh, Aunt Becky, his kid's way into Princeton. And uh, <laughs> he was... Asking about, like, advice with the college essay, and the, the uh, admissions counselor was like, oh, here's, like, our favorite essay from this year. And, like, the fucking people that get to decide whether or not all these brilliant children get into brilliant schools are the type of people that put up inspirational fucking posters with fucking eagles on them. Like, it was this essay that was like, my love is Latin, and it was this whole thing, and the guy was like, yeah, and they were like, we almost didn't get him. We were like, why is he writing about his girlfriend? And he was like, and I read it too, and I was like, I don't get it. Why is he writing about his girlfriend? But then I got to the end and I got it. He's talking about how much he likes going to Latin class! And, like, he read it aloud as if to be like, oh my god, before he said that, as if to be like, guys, you're never gonna guess this shot on twist and I'm just sitting there with my head in my hands and being like why is everyone so stupid I don't consider myself a clever person I don't think I'm good at guessing stuff I every time I watch a movie and the twist happens I just stand up in the theater and I'm like holy fucking god and I was just like this is so obvious here was my college this was for Princeton for um uh yeah fucking yeah, w- yeah wait you went to Princeton no 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 this was this no. was 
I was in, I was in oh. Drexel in Philly, and this was a man with a lot more money in Philly who was sending his kid to a much better school but was talking at our school. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's weird that they would get someone from a better school to talk at your school you're currently in. No, no, no. He didn't. He wasn't associated with the school. He was just there, totally unrelated. He owned a – I was in a TV grad school. He owned a uh, company that did made the boxes for underneath TVs. He was just talking about, like, how he got into an oversaturated industry and, like, sort of tips on, you know. Uh, uh, like, he, he, he developed a way to, like, refresh your okay. – uh, system input by using a QR code. Um, uh, so, you know, anyway, th- that whole Sounds thing. Sounds like a better story than this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so that's what I'm saying is, so when he was, like, pulling the wool over this guy, I was like, thank you! All these suspicious people are fucking assholes. And another one, I remember watching, I just watched all this shit about uh, admissions people. I remember watching this thing about, um, like, uh, I don't know if any of you had uh, uh, a... Uh, school that you went to was sketchy enough that they didn't want to buy their own TVs, but ours didn't. Um, so there's this thing called Channel One that'll um, basically show uh, advertisements um, at your school for uh, four minutes a day and then have, like, a crappy news show around it called Channel One in, in exchange for putting, like, shitty CRTVs into your school. So we had that because our education system is fucked. And um, what they... One of the things they got to, the Channel One got to do was they got to sit in on some shitty college's admissions board process that was sketchy enough that they were willing to like get free publicity for their college. But so this, this one was, you know, and they're saying this knowing they're on camera. They had this woman that was, uh, applying, you know, be a freshman at their college and she was, uh, did ballet in all throughout high school, but it decided she did not want to pursue that. She was going to go do a traditional college. And they were like, well, it says she transferred schools here. And they're like, yes, she went to a school with a better ballet program. And the other one was like, I don't think we should let her in because that means she might transfer schools while she's here. And then she, we wouldn't get a graduation out of it. They're like, no, she, she transferred schools because she was doing like a professional level of ballet. She did like 40 hours a week of ballet. She like danced on stage at the fucking uh, Lincoln Center in New York. And they're like, yeah, but she transferred schools. <laughs> and I'm just like, everyone is idiots. <laughs> so anyway, the more you can lie to admissions counselors, please, if you're listening and you're... Oh, no, fuck them. It's a scam. Like in the yeah. U.S., college is a scam, like a thousand percent. But um, yeah, I, I, I just like with his like... It, trying to appear so sincere like i'm in i'm an amateur apiarist too like you know it just felt very like dude shut the fuck up like no, just no, no, no. have a genuine interest in literally anything yeah. besides yale no, no, no. as you, a, like a concept you had the correct reaction you had the reaction the movie wanted us to have and i was just like stick it to the fucking man sorry i went <laughs> on a long rant there by the way no it's you know it's it's okay um there's not much else to talk about when it comes to this movie other than how sad was that guy when he found out they weren't gonna swap bees or honey like how's that? Do you think no, he like? Do you think they never talked about it? They never had a follow up thing where he's like, "Hey man, where the fuck's my honey, bitch?" Oh and my like, god, he just comes he by and, like, he and then he just sends and he just sends a bunch of bees. Do you think he's like in his enemy now? Like the first day he comes to Yukon, the guy has just like sent like an army of bees after yes! him. And he's like, ah, the bees, the bees. <laughs> Yes, just that that admissions counselor and and it, Nick Cage show up. Oh God, it <laughs> might as well be like I want I want the next I want the perfect date to to be like a full on Marvel comic where they have a character called Swarm uh, who is a Nazi skeleton covered in bees. Uh, it's a long story, uh, but he's not a Nazi. He's just uh, part of Yale, which what's the difference? Uh, but he's covered in bees and he can they attack. Um. 
So it would have been great if this movie had an after credit scene, which it didn't. I watched the whole credits. Um, oh God! Someone had to. My uh, my my my. Since it's Netflix, it kept trying to have me watch that new Beyonce thing, and I was like, nope. You have to keep hitting the do not do not play next video. You're um, like, no, really, I want to see this. Yeah, so it did not have an after thing, but as you said, they never they never addressed that loose end, and it would have been great if it was just that college admissions counselor and his guidance counselor who never get to show up again, just both sitting there like eating honey out of the jar, being like, "We both feel so betrayed." <laughs> no, I would have loved it if there was like a secret underground base under yeah, like I want like a full on like Marvel end scene, and he's like. So he lied to me about the bees. I thought I had found the perfect apprentice. <laughs> I will have my revenge. Oh, and then Reese, Reese shows up. That's how Reese, Reese, instead of dealing with the feelings about his divorce, he shows up with his custom car, and bees just swarm out of his custom car. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want my car? How about all these motherfucking bees? And just like opens up with the door and all the bees just like take take them and fly them away. Yeah. They just attack Sub Sub. The next movie is like they it actually takes place like seconds after the movie ends. And it's like this model movie where they're all trapped inside of Sub Sub and they have to survive all these bees that have like surrounded the oh place. Oh my god, it's maximum overdrive but with bees. <laughs> they're stinging the bees. us in Morse code. The bees are, like, operating machinery. Like, the bees are just like... It's like that new terrible-looking Child's Play remake where they just, like, send all the bees after them. Aren't there, like, two different competing Child's Play remakes right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If any of them had... Well, so okay, so how the Child's Play works is that the rights to the movie Child's Play in, I believe, I, I think it's Chucky, although they don't say Chucky, they do say Chucky in the movie, um, it belongs to Universal, who's remaking it, but Don Mancini, the original creator and writer, owns all of the, the other movies, so he's making a sequel television series where they had just made a, another movie uh, behind his back, basically, and they're all like, hey, you want to say it's good? And he's like... And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Fuck that. So this, does the sequel television series still have Brad uh, Dourif? Yeah. 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 Instead of Mark Hamill uh, doing a Brad Dourif impression. Yeah, that's the weird part is if you're going to recast it, like, have him do a new voice, you know? Have him do the fucking Joker. Yeah. Calm <laughs> jerky. <laughs> That was, well, that was not a One thing that, that a, we haven't touched on yet is, like, I know this is based on a book, uh, but... I don't know if you guys remember seeing them a few I feel like they come up around the holidays where there are men who will advertise on Craigslist to be someone's date for Thanksgiving so that the family can stop asking like when are you going to settle down and get married like have you guys seen those like screenshots of those not, ads where not in America like, oh. but I've no, seen that, but that I... service is really popular um people that people will hire people for all sorts of family stuff in um mm-hmm. Asia where like it's an even more oh, rigid social structure. Okay. See, I'm just thinking of ways that I can make money now. So you're just saying <laughs> I, can just, I can just get free food. Like I can just be like, yeah, just pay me in whatever your family's like Easter dinner is. Like I'll show up. I'll show up in a bunny costume and be like, hoppity hoppity, I'm here for the food. Hey, you gotta show up and be like I'm the right fit for your daughter and I'm going to make sure that she's okay. Or like women who like, or, you no, know, like I'll, women who are, are queer my, and they're like, not, you know, I know what you mean. Like but women I'll, who are I'll queer get my and they're notes like, mixed up and I'll be like, <laughs> I love your daughter and her bees. I would be, I would be so great for her because she is the queen with all the honey. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're like, oh, God, you made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is I'm not invited to next Thanksgiving, so I don't have to hire anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but yeah, I, I mean, I did like that that was, like... You know, like when Law and Order SVU does something that's like totally mimicking what's going on, like ripped from the headlines. So. Oh god! Or whenever Law and Order SVU does anything involving uh, video games, it's always hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or Space Space or any of the apps that oh, they make up. Space. <laughs> so the Let's... thing about this movie that bothered me the most we were talking about the lack of development for the female lead and that the actress was so charismatic i will admit that and i think this is also a deficiency just being a, a male viewer it you know it didn't st- glare out to me as much be, uh, that how much of a deficiency that was until we started talking about it so the thing that bothered me the most about this movie as an idiot watching it was i have in my notes the uh Reese says you do own a suit, right? You gotta wear a suit. And then, he shows up, he's not wearing a suit. He's not wearing a fucking suit. He didn't show up wearing a fucking suit. All he had to do was wear a suit. I'm so mad. (laughs) He is wearing a blue blazer and khakis. Like he's going on a yacht. (laughs) It's Connecticut. It's Greenwich. I mean, there's probably gonna be yachts later. That's what the next formal is raising money for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the, the fucking, uh, the, the yacht stable yeah, burned down. <laughs> is, he, is Yale in Connecticut? Yes. That's why. I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yale, Yale's Connecticut, Harvard's Boston, and uh, oh, Dartmouth is in Hogwarts. <laughs> Wait, Hogwarts? Okay. I I think Dartmouth's New Hampshire, but I can't remember. I, I don't know. New I don't Hampshire. Know. <laughs> I don't know any of your accents. I don't know any of your accents. <laughs> they all just sound like that. You're fine. New, the New England accent is just the... the Octacon, Harvard Yard. <laughs> Harvard Yard in the square. Oh, how great would it have been if everyone in this movie just talked like that? <laughs> it would have been so good. I I'm your perfect like day. <laughs> well, real classy, rich, old money Connecticut people. <laughs> I I will say like I, I, so Thor I think that you kind of enjoyed parts of this movie too and like yes. Sa- like I said Sam laughed out loud at some of the jokes yeah. I but I really liked the examples of like boundaries that were kind of present like at the end like Shelby's character being like or Veronica whatever her name is was like oh well you lied to me so like I'm out of here and then um, Twitter girl Celia being like oh well you know I'm not going to be your number two and then yeah. you know her, him and the dad kind of patching things up and him even trying to reach out to douchebag Reese being like hey divorce is hard I'm here for you yeah. buddy like uh, there was a semblance of something sweet there and like yeah. a, an example of good boundaries and relationships yeah no I, I honestly don't think this uh the the writer, at least of the the initial novel, uh, was a bad writer. I think it is just as Andrew was talking about, sort of a. I, I think he was very awkward writing for teenagers. You know, it's and and I. It's I, a great premise. Like it's a yeah, great rock. Yeah, it, it would have. I think it would exactly. I think it. it he did that because young adult novels sell like hotcakes. If this had been for <laughs> for for about a character in his like mid twenties, and it was the exact same premise, I think it would have been. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Well, then it would have been hard because, like, who's, like, the rich parents aren't paying for it. But, you know, I don't know. It's, uh... Oh, but, like, yeah. you're coming home for Thanksgiving, like, why don't you have exactly. kids? Exactly! 
Yeah, uh, like yeah, it could work for a different sort of uh, yeah, age group, but yeah. the fact that it was for high school, it, I don't know. I feel like it was shoehorned into a lot of the high school tropes, like yeah. you know, getting into college. Like, there's just so many things that they had. They felt like they had to touch on. Yeah, um, and that when you talk about him and his dad, you're, you're yeah, because he treats his dad so shitty throughout the movie, and it's tough because I kept <laughs> I kept being like, there's so many scenes with the dad where they just keep hammering home the same point. Like, when are they gonna like? give the poor dad a break. And then they finally have the dad gives um, one of my favorite lines in the movie when he says, you are who you, who you are is who you were in the past. And it's so fucking hokey, but it totally resonated with me. Who you, who you are is who you were in the past. Compare that to who you want to be in the future and split the difference. And that is who you are now. And I liked that because it was pictured. I have, a, you know, definitely have problems with like negative self-talk, and it's who you are in the past. When you picture like the things you liked about yourself in the past, not like picture like, oh man, I didn't do the dishes today, so I'm, you know, fucked forever. You know, like right. okay, okay. Um, right. I, I, I like that interchange. That was good. That was a good interchange. Uh, my favorite line was just because I'm a little weird doesn't make me less human. If anything, it makes me more human. Yeah, well, that's an example of him being way less comfortable writing high schoolers than writing that dad sitting on the couch, not ha- having having failed to get his book published, which was probably oh. pretty real for this author. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. Well, that and, and that and somebody told him that Reddit existed, and the writer was like, "What's what is a Reddit?" And yeah, yeah, that. that was the most yeah, re- that was the most unbelievable line of the movie. You're telling me a 17 year old boy in high school does not know what Reddit is? I don't. I used to teach yeah. high school. I don't believe it. Yeah, no, he's, not for a second. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 on there figuring out how to find sketchy porn, like. <laughs> Oh. He's like looking up, like he's in the the you know subreddit like R Yale, like trying to get into <laughs> like R Musk, where he <laughs> us all the time. He's probably trying to dox the diver who actually saved those kids. He's like, no, it was Elon Musk's submersible. And it would have got better than everyone else. Yeah, no, and thank you for remembering that he talks about Musk. Like, yeah, his heroes are all fucking men at the beginning which like i was waiting for that to be sort of you know in a in a better movie he needs to address the fact that he has shitty heroes but that never comes and up like, again deep-seated mom issues yeah like, like I, I just feel like they gave us so much about the mom and then they were just like yeah he's kind of you know he he puts on a good face like murph is explaining to celia like yeah he puts on a good face but uh his mom fucking left him and started a new family sends a card every year to rub it in his face and it's just like and he tried just like left with that there's like no follow-up and he tried to mail himself to as a six-year-old to his mom which is now (laughs) an amusing story that his that him and his friend just tell as you know like that time that your childhood trauma caused you to try and like (laughs) murder yourself in a package (laughs) yeah yeah except they don't ever deal with that his mom never shows up they don't ever go like and now your mom issues are resolved i mean like that's realistic right because you wouldn't actually just solve that yeah but i feel like they could have addressed it in a way of like hey you still got a long way to go but we're gonna make this journey together he needed when he's when his dad when his dad talks about being a good father um or trying to be a good father they don't have, and it's it's what we were just talking about, about, you know, sort of Murph is the, the white male protagonist, so everything he does is okay, and he never has to sort of apologize or affirm anyone else's, you know, 
things they say is that the dad opens up to him and has the, the line I just said before, and then also talks about, like, he was a good husband until the mom left, but he, he was a good husband, and her leaving doesn't take that, you know, take away the fact that he, you know, treated her right, um, and it was sort of her choice to leave, um, and uh, then he, he, he conti- was a good father and continued to be a good father even when he got too depressed to work. Um, and, you, you know, they're in a, their house is fucking fine, you know? Like, they're, it's not, you know, the, he keeps bitching I about how... Sam, I was like... There's no way a single depressed dude, no offense, decorated that house. Like, there's no way yeah. <laughs> that house is as yeah. clean and well decorated as yeah. it is with, like, well, those circumstances. And, I, and, and with – which yeah, I, I just, I just want to note that you said no offense because you knew you were talking to single depressed dads here. <laughs> <laughs> I just know a couple – there are a couple in my life that I hold very dear. <laughs> um, but no, so um, – don't call me a dad. That's offensive. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't get this vasectomy for nothing. <laughs> Oversharing, uh, but uh, <laughs> I have a personality that acts as a vasectomy. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but no. So, so I wasn't over. Uh, giving this movie too much credit, I wasn't sure if that was a choice to show that, like, no, the house is, like, in good shape. He's, like, he's been depressed, but, like, clearly he gets enough royalties from his books that, like, they're in a fine house. The dad takes good care of the house. The dad, you know, takes good care of his kid. And when he talks about that at the end, about how he continued to be a good father, I was waiting for, like, them to have a moment together. And instead he's just kind of, like, looking at the dad, like, human interaction, I know how this works. (laughs) And, like... They well, don't. and like the dad is still working. He's he's working as a professor at UConn, and uh, the kid's like, "Well, I'd hardly call that a professorship, Dad. You teach one section of like whatever lit." And it's like, "God damn! Like that is so mean." I couldn't get yeah. over how much he hated his dad for his dad's like, just like human characteristics. It was very yeah. sad. The couch, the couch supported that dad. <laughs> yeah. well, it Let does. me tell you, I mean, him exactly. and that couch. <laughs> well, and you're right, and I think that's it's something that could have been a really good piece of character development was to have him realize how much he, you know, like he sees weakness in his dad, so he never allows it in himself, and like he's too hard yeah. on his dad. You know, the, the whole idea of like be, being worried about making your parents mistakes, but like that never happens. <laughs> there should have been a scene where he throws out Elon Musk's book and then picks up his dad's book. Oh my right? God. Like just to fully symbolize what it was like. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to read this. You should have been there to punch up the script. That would have been so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know who they yeah, should have like... let touch the script was literally any woman ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, agree with that. <laughs> What's funny is like I don't like Brooks's character. Like I think he's a douche, but I did enjoy much of the movie. Like you know, I'm picking yeah. it apart now, but I didn't mind like a lot of the movie. I thought it was, you know, fun. Yeah, well, it's it's because it's because it's when you analyze it that you realize like how yeah. like shitty it right. is. But like yeah. the actual, the I think as you are as you all are talking about the the cast is just so charismatic. It's 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 really it, it, when you're not thinking about it it's it's a fun rom-com and then as we talked about when you think about what the the gendered messages it's portraying are, are you know shitty yeah see I, I i guess uh we've kind of talked talked our ears off we might as well go around and do final thoughts uh for me i was not a fan i didn't like the ridiculous dialogue like it was so we've i've watched a lot of bad media in the last like few weeks to podcast with 
Like, honestly, I don't think I've watched something I liked for a podcast in, like, oh, I don't know, like, 20 years. Like, it's not happening anymore. <laughs> no, more, no more podcasts about things I like. Oh, I can't believe um, you didn't like the Umbrella but, Academy. I fucking got, oh I got, that, I got oh every God. frame of that show tattooed on my body so I could watch it any time. Well, I that poor tattoo artist who had to relive that boring-ass move to show it. <laughs> um, but um, I... Uh, I had fun, like, it was, like, fun bad. Like, this movie was the kind of thing where, like, to me, like, it would be, I would bring friends over and we'd just, like, kind of talk about how bad this is. Yeah. So, like, I can, me, I can definitely see people enjoying it. And if it worked for you, that's awesome. I don't, I don't, I criticize a lot of things, but I'm always happy when other people get joy from it. So, that's my final thoughts. Uh, God of Thunder, what do you think? <laughs> so formal. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Don't 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 watch it on your own. Um, and I think that's also probably a big difference. Is uh, I think you know Andrew Andrew had to watch this on his own for homework. Um, not like not to like call you out, but um, yeah, it's because I again my personality is the only vasectomy I need. <laughs> uh, I don't have friends, and I'm just alone, and I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're with us. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, but so yeah, like um, me and. Uh, uh, Daisy both watched watched this with someone else, and I think it is it's a good movie. Even you don't even need like to have a have a bunch of people, but I think just even having one other person to like sort of talk about it with, like while it's going on, because this is a good movie to like not like you don't even need to like full like mystery science theater over it, but just every once in a while I'll be like, what the fuck is going on? It has <laughs> about like twenty percent of it was that, and then about eighty percent of it I was just kind of being along for the ride and being like, yeah, you know, it's like the same like. Uh, like while you were sleeping, while you were sleeping, it's not doesn't have any nearly the like gendered problems this movie does, but it has like logic problems. Where when I actually start to think about the like she's he's in a coma and then like he's already engaged to a married woman, and I'm just like, how is any of this happening right now? And why do any of these characters believe any of this? But like while it's rolling along, I'm just like, oh, he doesn't remember if he likes Jello. This is the greatest thing ever. Peter Gallagher's eyebrows are so handsome, I want to lick them off his face. <laughs> That was incredible. <laughs> For those of you at home that can't see Andrew's face, he looks <laughs> like this may be the last episode I'm invited on based on that comment. <laughs> no, man. Uh, we're a thirst positive show. Uh, listen, to the, listen to the latest episode of Electric Terrors at your own peril to hear me read Zach Bagan's erotic fan fiction. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> Clearly, I don't have that highest standards. Although I was very drunk when I recorded that episode, probably the only reason I agreed to read erotic fan fiction on air. But that's uh, that's my new that's my new go to shtick. So uh, take take your thirst and go there. Thirst's hour of thunder. Oh God, thirst's hour of thunder. <laughs> and and Miss Petals, what did you think? Uh, so I'm I'm someone who watches. I feel like mostly what I watch are horror movies. I rewatch American Horror Story. I rewatch Forensic Files and The Office. Like every sort of like basic boring person that you know. Um, so I don't watch a lot of rom coms, but I really enjoyed this one for you know what it was. I, I don't know if it's because I haven't seen maybe a really truly good one in a while but i had a good time with it um i'm glad that i did watch it with sam he enjoyed it too um especially because i'm almost always making him watch horror or something like super fucking bleak <laughs> so it was kind of <laughs> nice to watch something a little bit like goofy and um and not, like overall I, I had some issues with you know brooks as a character but i you know it was fun for me i, I enjoyed it overall 
Yeah, I think if you if you liked all the girls I'd loved before and were like, what if the charismatic guy in that was in a shitty movie? Like, you'll you'll enjoy this. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Sounds good. And my favorite part of this movie um, was uh, all the food talk, which inspired me to order a burrito that I got ordered during the show and ate during the show. <laughs> yeah. None of you know. None of you know because I used the mute button. I ate a whole burrito during the show. It was delicious. Wait, wait. It, it got delivered to your door on air? Yeah. That's, why do you think I jumped out? Through? Did you not see me with the bag and eating the burrito? I that's literally crazy. paused this episode. Like, I muted my microphone. You two were talking, and I went to go grab a burrito and got a burrito. It that was impressive. I'm, and yeah. I, I am truly Agreed. going to Witch Witch after this. Like, going to Witch Witch, going to see my family. Exactly, exactly. And, that's like, a guy, the guy came on a bike, gave me the food. Biked away into the nothingness. I'll never see him again. Is he my? Is he my skip the dishes heartthrob? Probably not. Your perfect date. Is he my perfect date? You'll have to stay tuned and see how many burritos. <laughs> <I'm over. laughs> so wait, wait. Murph called uh, the dude like tuna melt on rye. What would he call you? Uh, veggie burrito. Veggie burrito. Roasted veggies. Roasted veggies. Quesadilla. Quesadilla man. This connection right there. Yeah, yeah, this connection. No, can't wait. Can't wait to read that one on the old Craigslist. So yeah, um, does it? Wait, wait, wait. What's a Craigslist? God, the scummiest character in this movie. If there was like a picture of like a homeless man, that would probably be. Sorry, that was rude. That was rude. That was how people perceive him. He probably has a lot. I don't mean to be rude to the people who suffer through homelessness. I mean to be very rude to Craigslist because it's garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah. So does anybody have anything they'd like to plug before the episode uh, reaches its climax? That's uh, weird. That was weird. <laughs> Until the episode ends. Well, Cece's going to be on uh, Thor's Hour of Thunder covering one of my favorite movies now and then on Monday. So I'm very looking forward to that. You convinced Cece to be on the show? She she reached out to me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so to you to be on the podcast? Yeah, amazing. Damn. Has <laughs> reached out to me yet to be on this podcast? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I would share an Airbnb with her, and she won't even come on my. <laughs> I didn't ask. I haven't asked to be fair to the listeners. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thor's out. Bloody good horse. For those who uh, are unawares. Yeah, yeah, our, uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, Bloody Good Horror is uh, where uh, you can find uh, CC's awesome writing, bloodygoodhorror.com, and then uh, we're uh, Hour of Thunder, uh, search Hour of Thunder, Thor's Hour of Thunder on wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll, we'll come up. And also, um, it's uh, the, uh, the pride parade in my local jurisdiction, different from the national pride stuff, uh, came up. So uh, donate to your LGBT and trans charities. Hey, yeah, that's that's a great way to end this episode. Great. Goodbye, everyone. Listen to the outro. Happening now. This has been a Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And until next time, trash fire's gonna burn. <laughs>